Welcome to the Care to Change podcast, where we discuss practical solutions for positive change. Today, you'll be listening to our director, April Bordeaux, as she discusses addiction in the church with one of Care to Change's therapists, Michael Spencer. This is part of our Church Leader Topics series. Thanks for listening. We hope to continue to encourage you to make positive changes by offering practical solutions. another edition of the Care to Change podcast. I'm April Bordeaux and I'm so glad you've joined us today. We are in the middle of our church leader series and our topic for today is addiction and the church. And uh, gosh, it seems like those don't go hand in hand and yet we know their addictions in the mm-hmm. church. And so we wanted to bring right. this to light. I have with me today um, a returning guest, Mike Spencer. He's on our team here at Care to Change. Great Mike, to be here. Thank you. you um, for those of you who are new to Mike, um, I, I would like for Mike to just say a couple words about yourself and sure. uh, if someone were to call here and what would they be seeing you for? What are kind of the things that you help people with? Well, I meet with several, lots of couples for marriage counseling and um, do some premarital counseling as well as involved in that and helping couples in marriage often involves helping with parenting. Uh, so I work with those different areas, work with men as it relates to addiction and pornography, um, and also church leaders, um, and also have a pretty big focus in trauma with, uh, children and families who are seeking to raise those kids. So that's kind of where I spend my time. Nice. Nice. So I, I know what, what Mike didn't share with you just now is that Mike has been an elder at his church. Um, so been in church leadership, understands how churches function behind the scenes. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. so has seen the, I'm sure, I I don't know your personal experience at, as an elder, but, um, when you're in that role, you definitely see all the different areas of a church. And so this topic of addiction and the church is one that we wanted to bring to you because we know that addictions are so prevalent these days. And so for those of you who are church leaders, thank you for joining us. Um, Mike, tell us about addiction and the church. What what do we need to know about addiction and church? It's such a big topic. Right, right. And you know, some many times people actually go to church because they're seeking some level of help, mm-hmm. right? And they're a part of their spiritual life being connected to uh, overcoming the addictions that they experience. I know there, so there are people who are there because they have some kind of a behavioral addiction or they have a chemical dependency as far as addiction. And those people are as in much in the church as they are not in the church. So mm-hmm. it's something that we should expect because it's something that is a particular weakness that we have as human beings to engage in a substance or a behavior to manage our emotional life. And it's pretty easy to fall into. So addiction in the church, I've heard the number before, and I don't know it off the top of my head. What's mm. the types of addictions? There are right. how many types? 11 of, types of addiction. 11, yeah. 11 types of addiction. Yeah. So Nick, do you, do you know those? You can, you, I see. Sure. Your, what's yeah. Your, yeah. So nicotine, alcohol, drug, food, gambling, uh, internet, um, addiction of love, sex, exercise, work, or spending. Yeah. Oh. So those are in about 47% of the adult population is uh, affected by those or involved in addictive behaviors. Yeah. 47% of the population. That's big, isn't it? 
It's yeah. almost half. <laughs> yes. May as well yeah. round that up, right? Right, right. That's, those are the ones right. we know about, right? Right, right. Well, when you list those 11, right. read those again. What, what are those so again? nicotine, alcohol, drug, food, gambling, internet, love, sex, exercise, work, and spending. Wow. Yeah, no, no wonder. No wonder. Right, You right. know, almost one in two people you know, have some sort of, right. uh, you know, addictive right. behavior. And we'll put that right. list in the, in the notes sure. section, but okay. So how do you know if you have an addiction? Well, I think that's uh, pretty significant. And, um, usually kind of a way to capture that idea is it's something that you're involved in and it's causing, you know, significant consequences in your life, but you're going ahead and doing it anyway. Right. So mm -hmm. in some fashion, it may impair you or keep you from work. Um, and there are these you know, consequences, but you're still consumed or obsessed with engaging mm -hmm. in that behavior. So it, it seems as though some of them are obvious. So like alcohol sure. and right. drugs, right. Um, smoking. It's right. kind of obvious, you know, there's right. a, there's right. an impact, a negative right. impact, right. you know, on your life. If you're involved yeah. in drugs, alcohol, smoking. Some of those that you listed, though, you know, love, sure, uh, sure, maybe even sex, depending on how you look at it, right, um, right, exercise, right, yeah. right. So, how can when you say it, it negatively affects, but you do it anyway? Yeah, talk about how do the some of these that seem like, wow, we really celebrate that we're in a relationship that's loving, or right. wow, look at you, right. you exercise every day, that's right. amazing. We we kind of celebrate some of sure, this, sure. So. How does it become destructive? Well, so, you know, for, you know, those are various different things, but just imagine, you know, sometimes I was just thinking of spending when you were going through that because yeah. I was thinking of like, you know, how many times have I had a bad day or felt stressed and I've got on the internet, looked on Amazon, like, right. you know, kind of imagined or yeah. kind of fantasized about buying something yeah. and, you know, wanted just to go there because I don't need anything, but I'm going there because it makes me feel better. Yeah. Right. And so... That's a, there's a biological response. So when you're in a relationship and there's connection, you can, you can get the that dopamine hit mm -hmm. um, that makes you feel better. And so it's not that it's necessarily about the relationship. It's about feeling better. And that mm -hmm. relationship altering your mood or your state of being. Mm -hmm. And so it, those things become you know, destructive because it really becomes focused entirely or oftentimes on that individual when it's mm -hmm. love and kind of isolates the person or the couple. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's not there, therefore the relationship isn't set in a flour a place of flourishing, mm -hmm. right? It becomes obsessed with that. So, and then of course, you know, reality breaks in, the relationship falls apart. We go to the next one, right? you know, just to kind of get that emotional impact of being in that relationship of that kind of newness of it, the mm -hmm. excitement of it. And we makes us kind of feel good. It affects mm -hmm. our, our biology, our, our neurochemistry. And so mm -hmm. we're utilizing it as though it was a drug, but it's not a drug. It's just the thing that causes us produ to produce certain kinds of chemicals and hormones and neurotransmitters. Yeah. So rather than ta in, taking in it or having a drink of alcohol, we produce it in our brain. Right. right. That's interesting because I'm thinking of exercise. Sure. Right. Because we tell people, right. you know, I care to change. It's this great is for one you. way to yeah. reduce anxiety. Right. right to sleep better. Right. Right. We have podcasts on both of those and, and, right. and we've said exercise is good. It is. And so here I That's hear, right. well, exercise can be addictive. How does exercise 
become harmful mm-hmm. when we tell so many people, oh, it's it's actually good for you. Right. And I, I you know, obviously that's the thing where some of these I can you can live without alcohol. You shouldn't live without exercise. Right. right. And so there's that we're asking you to look at something that's good for you and actually you shouldn't do without. Right. And so now engaging in the exercise that is good for you and you know and and at times if you exercise too much you know uh you can get focused on oftentimes identity issues you're struggling with how you see yourself um uh maybe it's be, you know so it be, it distorts your view of yourself and of your world around you mm. the exercise gives you a positive experience emotionally with mm-hmm. those with the uh, dopamine, the endorphins, mm-hmm. and, it, and it feels great. And so if I want to feel great, then I go exercise. If I want to feel like I'm changing how I look or who I am, mm. you know, to feel better about myself, I go exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it becomes something that the consequences, you know, certainly could be to your health because if you're not taking enough calories, you're damaging your major organs mm-hmm. uh, through the exercise. Um, and so there's those kind of uh, health costs right that they're an obstacle you may even get injuries and still continue to work out because you want those endorphins mm-hmm. um, and you're not caring for yourself as you're meant to be so that's a this is a hard question but i know right. when, you, when we're talking about addiction as a whole um you know um you said some of these you can live without right love food exercise not so much yeah. not so much right yeah. we need those so how, you know, one is, will you abstain? Don't take the drug. Don't right. go through whatever your body right. needs to go through with the withdrawal. Put the right. accountability measures in place. Put mm-hmm. the connective measures mm-hmm. in, in place and don't. But with food and exercise and right. love and these things that how do you moderate? Because I've heard with, with addiction, there is no moderation. That's, so how do you... Right. What's, what's yeah. the antidote to something that abstinence isn't an option? Right. Yeah. And so, you know, it's that, it's that finding its place. So first I want to know what, what is underneath actually driving this? What am I trying to adapt to, you know, whether, uh, an experience or, uh, uh, feeling about myself. Mm-hmm. And so the, in that way, right, I have to, um, I have to eat, Mm-hmm. And I have to see, in one sense, food, and in e- in even in its uh, pleasure, God has given that to us mm-hmm. as pleasure. Um, and yet, it becomes when it becomes the focus mm-hmm. of all I want is to repeat that mm-hmm. pleasure. Right. Then it becomes destructive. So I eat it for its purpose. Mm-hmm. I eat it, and part of its purpose is to be enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, God wouldn't have made it so enjoyable. Right. <laughs> You're right. There is a real pleasure, my you know, that my taste buds can experience, and yet it's for physical sustenance. Mm. And many ways, it's meant to be enjoyed with people, mm. right? It's a community thing that we do, but we can substitute again that uh, the food for connection, mm-hmm. for relationship, mm. um, and so we want to keep it in its right place. We want to uh, acknowledge. Uh, its purpose and then we want to see what's actually the source that's driving us for that pleasure mm-hmm. underneath the surface so i'm sort of Got- i'm hearing three things i'm hearing 
understand what's below. Right. Um, that it's a quest for mm-hmm. feeling better. Right. So when you say understand what's below is understand what's making us not feel good. That's right. Yeah. Um, and in that quest for feeling better, finding alternative ways right. that aren't harmful to mm-hmm. feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hearing connection. I've heard right. you say right. connection is the op- opposite of addiction. Right. So doing it in the context of connection. Right. right. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting some some um, tips for well, what do I do right the for the people who are listening they say well I didn't know it was destructive or oh now that makes sense right right um, and this is why we we have to bring it up mm-hmm. with church leaders because 11 right. addictions right uh, across the board we think of the ones that are completely destructive sure. drugs right pornography right um, alcohol those are mm-hmm. so destructive mm-hmm. and yet anything that replaces, uh, right. Our quest for closeness with, right. with God, right? Our relationship yeah. with others; mm-hmm. those are destructive. Well, yeah. What about those people who are serving in five committees and ten ten teams, and mm. you know, in the church, they're doing all of these things that, in one sense, benefit the church, mm-hmm. but they're actually born out of their addiction for that one sense being loved, being appreciated, oh. being praised. Mm-hmm. And so, even for those who are serving a great a great deal and giving the church and the people of the church a great benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to ask the question, are they harming themselves and their family? Is this mm-hmm. taking the place of actually God? Wow. Ouch. Wow. I know. Ouch, right? <laughs> church leaders stay with us. Don't, <laughs> don't hang up on us now. Right? <laughs> right. So what do you do? What's, what's your tips when you say, well, um, we know there's 11, we know one in two people. Mm-hmm. We know mm-hmm. that, some look addicted, look destructive from the very beginning. Others right. don't. They kind of right. are masked, but can right. rise to the surface. I love this example that you gave about right. service always, because sometimes, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. in the church field, you know, well, this is all for God. Right. This is for the kingdom. Right. Um, and so it's a good holy work, right? Right. Um, right. But if it's really um, the quest for right. something. Or that that quest for feeling good or feeling better. Right. So if someone listening is saying, "Well, addiction is has ruined my life. Mm-hmm. Addiction is ruining my life," or maybe for the first time of hearing this today, mm-hmm. or saying, "Okay, now that makes more sense to me." Okay. What What do you say? What's What's the next steps? What do you do? Well, I think certainly you know, it's not something you should fight alone. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, so reaching out, whether, you know, uh, to involve your church, involve, you know, the people in your life close, reach out to, uh, to care change. But I think the first, and I think the struggle with many addiction is just simply beginning with, with overcoming the, the denial. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a problem. So it's a, it's a big battle just to get to the place of, Oh, this is a problem. Mm-hmm. And it's having some consequences in my, in my life. And maybe we ask our children, how uh, much is my being gone and serving church affecting your life? Mm-hmm. Right. That mm-hmm. um, really being honest about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think uh, being just sort of looking and having an honest look, which I think is challenging for any of us, mm-hmm. but that's kind of beginning there, overcoming the denial and reaching out for help mm-hmm. um, to say, okay. I'm, I'm out of balance here. I need to do something else. I need to figure out also understand what's driving me, mm-hmm. you know, some honest appraisal. So there's two ways of looking at this. There's, okay. there's the honest, you know, introspective, 
Right. Uh, okay, I'm recognizing this mm-hmm. is not what I thought it was, or it's not healthy, or it's it yeah. is a string relationship, or it's putting me in isolation, or whatever. So I need to reach out for help. Yes. And then the other side is someone's telling me. Right. 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 Which could be our listeners, like. Right. Oh, I know exactly who, and they have a name in their <laughs> right. mind, sure. and they're saying, I'm going to call them, right. I'm going to tell them, you have to listen, I told you this was an issue. Yeah. Um, for the person that says, that's not me, mm-hmm. but for the person mm-hmm. that says, actually, I do see it, what do you suggest? Yeah, and, and it, I, and I, I suppose, uh, I, I think, like, initially, you know, I think scripture says, hey, let's go to that person individually, let's talk to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's engage in saying, Hey, here, here's what I'm noticing. Mm-hmm. Right. And here's what I'm concerned about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, bring, uh, come to, you know, come to that person and, and kind of lay it out. Now, if they've been doing it for a long time, they may have great, it may be well armed to dismiss you. Right. Mm-hmm. And just sort of slide that. Oh, you know, uh, you know, yeah. my kids would rather be at home without me. Right. Right. That's that's a sad thought, but right. um, I've heard people say that. Right. Uh, so uh, I think you go to that person, you know, talk to them, and and um, you know that's getting to that person to show them. Here's mm-hmm. what I see. Now, when um, it gets farther, then I think you have to involve more people. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you do say talk to your bring the kids in and say, hey, I want you to share with your mom, your dad what, how you feel about what you see going on. Right. Um, well, you're talking about an intervention. That's, yeah, that's what you we're know, talking I w- about. You know, I wish the movies didn't make so much light of some of this, you know, right. interventions is because it's, there's something real right. about it right. um, that could be helpful. And I think right. sometimes we get this image, you know, of what, right. what, what addiction looks like, yeah. what it doesn't. So church leader, if you are a church leader mm-hmm. and you see this in your staff, right? Right. Um, you're an elder and right. you see it out of your pastor. Sure. Um, or, um, you're a wife mm-hmm. and you see it in your husband, um, as it relates to church sure. leadership. This is, right. you know, hopefully four church mm-hmm. leaders are listening mm-hmm. to this or what do you, what's your, what's your tip? What's your first, what's your best next step? Well, I, one, I would say, don't be aghast at the reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is, it's real and don't, 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 uh, make it something, uh, like the level 10 sin or, but, but it's real and, uh, people are biologically susceptible to it. Mm-hmm. And so understand it is in one sense saying that, okay, it's a, it's a normal, typical struggle, normal, typical mm-hmm. sin as we can see how prevalent it is in the population. So don't kind of make it a huge thing, but it's also not something you can't ignore. Right. So stepping into it and, you know, asking your staff, asking, you know, uh, do you have, you know, about the balance of their life. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, I think for some pastors, they can be susceptible to it because not their congregation may not actually expect that mm-hmm. their pastor has a balanced life. Right. Um, and so they got to find a way to fuel uh, themselves and their ability to keep working 60, 80, 90 hours a week, yeah. seven days a week. Right. Um, Right. And so it may mean for some pastors that it's, well, this is not what I can do or an honest conversation about mm-hmm. the, their, their position at this church, um, or needing support from their elders to draw mm-hmm. a line mm-hmm. and say, okay, this, we don't want you to cross this line. Right. You know, I know it's easy to just schedule a meeting on your day off because 
well, right. let's not do that. You right. Know? Right. Gosh, this is so much good information. Uh, Mike, thank you for you sharing. Um, for those of you listening, if this is you, if you have been impacted by addiction, if you are a church leader and you see it in a staff member, if you're married to a church leader and you're experiencing this, uh, we want to encourage you. If you have specific questions, um, in the notes, we'll have the Caroline phone number. You can call or text or you can email us your questions. Uh, if you'd like to come in and learn more, we're that's the reason why we're here, really to help you navigate um, this, you know, one in two people almost, right. 11 different types. I mean, addiction is big and mm -hmm. the churches are not immune to it. In fact, um, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm sure that I'm sure. Um, so, yeah. so reach out um, to us, let us know how we can help tune in to future um, our, of our church leader series and we're here for you. Thanks all for joining us today. You've been listening to the Care to Change podcast, where we discuss practical solutions for positive change. Don't forget to view the show notes for resources mentioned in the conversation. Please reach out to us through the care line at 317-979-7133 or at help at caretochange.org. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and YouTube as well. Thanks for listening, and we hope to continue to foster practical solutions for positive change.